It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, what's up? This is Ben Wallace, former Detroit Piston, into Hall of Fame. About to get technical with Sheed and Bonzi on Ball is Life. Yes, 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 yes. Hey, look, I don't think y'all realize how special this show is, how special this guest is to me. You know what I'm saying? He's my brother from another mother. Yes, we share the same last name. But <laughs> just running a couple accolades down for my man. Of course, he's a 2004 NBA champion. And I think it's a two or three time defensive player, Ben. Oh, we just going to say four. Four. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> my bad. I didn't mean to disrespect your credits there, good brother. You know, four time defensive player of the year. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show. My man, my brother, Ben Wallace. Yes, sir. Welcome, my brother. Welcome. Welcome. It's an honor. Thanks for having me. Uh, What's anytime. good, man? What you been up to, good brother? Man, I ain't doing nothing. Just uh, chilling, doing a little work with the Pistons, you know, trying to restore this team. Oh, and restoring is what y'all going to do. We, we might as well jump right into that. Number one pick. Hey, Cunningham, looking sweet in the summer league. A lot of people was hating on him after game one. I haven't heard any anything since game two. How you feel about your pick? Um, you know, I think Hey's a great pick, man. He's uh, you know, a young a young guy came in, you know, starving for knowledge. You know, um, had done his research on the on the team, on the organization, and um, you know, even on the city. So he came in, you know, gave gave a great interview, had great workouts, and um, and he was deserving to be the number one pick. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I definitely like him. I've been knowing him since he was in high school, probably like about a, a junior in high school. Um, he's definitely a good young man. And you could tell just from his his playing ball, his grooming that um, one day he was going to make it to the NBA. Now, now let me ask you this. What, what made you choose to go up there on the screen when the Pistons, um, of course, had that number one pick? What made you represent them? Was it the fact of, of course, you want to chip for them? Or was it your dealings with being part owner of the Grand Rapid Drive? Um, I mean, all of that played into it. You know, all that okay. played a, a part into it. And, you know, um, you know, of course, Aaron Tellum, you know, um, asked me to come down and help him out. You know, Aaron's my guy. You know, always took care of me even from when I was playing. So, um, you know, Aaron asked me to come by. You know, I went by, you know, check out, check out the staff and everything. And, you know, seeing how you know, a good staff, you know, guys got their head in the right place and, you know, trying to move, you know, the team in the right direction. And, um, you know, I decided that's something I would want to be a part of, you know, moving this team back in the right direction, trying to, you know, bring the fans back and bring the glory back to the Pistons. Oh, definitely. Definitely. So, so 
Let, let's go back. Let's go back to your origins. Because when you watch the draft, and for a guy like yourself, that I mean, I know it's unheard of to say out loud, but for a guy that goes undrafted, you know, you talk about your journey. You go to Cuyahoga. No, am I saying it right? Cuyahoga College? Cuyahoga College. Cuyahoga College. And then you go to Virginia Union to being a Hall of Famer. Let's talk about your journey. Oh, man. I mean, you know, it was a, it was a tough journey, you know, but it was um, it was a journey that I had to take. You know, with me only playing one year of varsity high school basketball, you mm -hmm. know, um, I knew that you know my role was going to be tough. Mm -hmm. But um, I didn't, I didn't think it was going to be as tough. But I knew it was going to be a tough road. So you know, my decision to go to community college, you know, um, was a huge decision for me because, you know, basically that was my first time ever being away from home, being away from my family, mm -hmm. and you know, I leave Alabama, you know, the good. The good old country then get dropped off in the middle of Cleveland. You know, that, <laughs> that had to be fun. You know, that was tough. That was tough. But um, but leaving Cleveland and going to Virginia, you know, everything everything fell in place. You know, everything was uh, was pretty smooth in Virginia. You know, uh, Virginia Union small campus was able to get around. You know, get to places I needed to get to. You know, was able to, you know, uh, get to know everybody on campus. So so that that was fun. You know, Virginia Union was fun part of it. Uh, of the journey and and you know not getting drafted, even though I thought I had uh, I had put in enough work to to at least get my name called on draft day, but but it didn't happen. And having to go overseas, you know, play a month or so over there, and then finally getting a call from um, West Unsell to come back to try out for the Bullets. You know, um, I had made my mind up when I left from from over in Italy that that it was going to be my last stop. You know, so um, it wasn't no you know, not make it, you know, um, I was going to make that team, you know, regardless of what the situation was, if, if it was possible somebody make that team, I already had made my mind up that I wanted that spot. <laughs> That's so you and you on that spot and, it, and it's crazy for a lot of people out there that don't know. Um, it's, 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 it's ironic and it's crazy all in the same breath. So here it is. So my rookie season was 95. So I wore number 30. So, okay, I got drafted by the Washington Bullets, for those who don't know. Drafted by the Washington Bullets, and we're number 30. So, boom, I get traded to Portland after my rookie season. So, then they get Ben. Ben pick, uh, Ben is picked up, and he's uh, playing with the Bullets, but <laughs> he's not wearing his number. He's wearing <laughs> my jersey. So, look, so, Chase, so now he's looking extra strong out that <laughs> Hey, especially coming out of college, I was like about 210, so big wet. So, you know, my jersey all like this, right? Then when he had it, that joint was like this. And everything. He thought that like, for real. So, you know, we just talking at half court. And I'm, I'm seeing, I'm like, yo, I'm like, dude, is that, is that my jersey? And then he was like, man, you know, you know, Charlie Butler, man. Oh, and I fell out. Charlie Butler was our equipment manager. Man, it was, it was, it was crazy up there in Washington. But, Okay, you get picked up by Washington. <clears throat> Excuse me, you get the call from West Unsell, senior, and um, get picked up by Washington. Now you going out there playing. So your your first first few games, are you like, okay, I'm going against so and so? Like, damn, I know him. Well, at the time we came into the league, we was already going against grown ass men with kids. So <laughs> you know, I know you was like, damn, I'm going against so and so. I know he do this. I know he do that. How do you think you fared maybe your first, let's say, like five games in the league? Um, well, my first five games, I really didn't know, you know, I really didn't know what to expect. 
<laughs> you know, because it was it was one of those things where I know I really I, I wasn't going to get a lot of minutes, and you know I was just taking in the fact that that I actually that I was actually on an NBA team that you know um, and and of course I was playing with half of the Fab Five, so you know, I'm <laughs> over there like. Like man, I got C. Webb and Jawan Howard playing in front of me. That's just five five. I'm like, so, so you know, it was it was it was a uh, it was exciting because I didn't expect to play. Then I say probably after that, after getting out there one time, and realizing that I can actually compete with these guys, you know, after that, after those butterflies went from just being excited to be there, you know, I made up my mind that I wasn't out here to play around no more. You know, it's, it's not about. You know, can I compete? It's about you know me going out there and showing everybody what what I can do because mm-hmm. you know I feel like I feel like I had arrived after that. Yeah, I definitely I, I definitely felt the same way. I remember you came on the scene and you know when you're an undrafted player, you know everybody just kind of knows the, the household name. And I just remember watching you, and this is before I got in the league, and I was like, man, are you seeing the way his brother blocking these shots, the way he dunking? And, you know, it was before we really even got a chance to really know your name like that. But I just remember your presence. And and I just remember when you started, when you got to Detroit and they just really, really believed in you. And, and, and then you got a chance to really show the world what you can really do. So I was very proud of you on that fact. So let's talk about that. That You know, you know, you had a great, you know, you got a great time in, in Washington. You, let's talk about when you went to Detroit. And let's talk about what Detroit means to you before, after everything they've done for you. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, you know, I left Washington. You know, I, I I ended up in Orlando, and mm-hmm. Orlando was was in a oh. process, and you know they basically you know rolled the balls out at the beginning of the training camp and said that you know that nobody have a job, all jobs <laughs> open, you know, yeah. and they rolled the balls out, and you know I I said you know I don't know about the other four spots, but I got this five spot on lock, so <laughs> so that's what we went, that's that's how we went at it, and you know and I ended up starting in Orlando. So that that really got the ball rolling. You know, not only can I play in this league, I'm capable of being a starter in this league. Yeah. Then when I got traded to Detroit, you know, coming to Detroit, you know, the, the city welcomed me, you know, the organization welcomed me, and we just had traded Grant Hill. So nobody really knew what to expect from me. Mm-hmm. You know, they knew I wasn't about to come out there and be, you know, G Hill. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it helped me to relax. And just go out and play my game. You know, I know my style of play was different. I know my game was different. I had a different knack for the ball. You know, I, I had a different, you know, sense of basketball. And, you know, I had I had made my mind up that, you know, this was gonna be the best way for me to win games is playing the way I played. And that's going out and getting it done on the defensive end. And, you know, that's that's some Detroit, the city of Detroit welcome right away. You know, they blue collar all day. So oh, man. So it was a it was a match made in heaven as far as um, me and the city of Detroit. For sure. So you went from Rick Carlisle was your coach at the time you got there, right? Uh, first coach was George Irvine. George. Oh, okay. Okay. Dang, that's a throwback man. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I ain't heard that in some years. <laughs> for sure. And yeah. then, and then, so here it is. Um, you know, Rick Carlisle, he was, it's crazy how, how we're connected, um, you know, in so many ways. Rick Carlisle was my assistant coach out in Portland under uh, PJ Carlissimo. Okay. And um, so what was your take on, one, 
going from Rick Carlisle to LB, Larry Brown, right? Right. And then two, do you think that that with that team that we had, what was your thoughts once you heard that I was getting traded there? Like, like, what did you what did you say to yourself? So that's kind of sort of a two-part question. <laughs> Oh, okay. I mean, you know, having Rick Carlisle, Rick Carlisle was a guy that's, you know, um, believed in organizing, you know, and, and making sure everything was, was running smooth, you know, sort of always want to be in control of everything, want everything to be, you know, under, under his control and, and, and running smooth. You know, LB was the type of guy was, he enjoyed, you know, everything organized. But he like control chaos a lot of times, you know what I mean? So, <clears throat> so Rick wasn't really fond of you know me pressing and and you know being up the floor and you know on guards and you know doing those type things. You know, Rick wanted me to get back, protect the basket. Mm -hmm. You know, LB, you know, he loved it. he loved pressing. So, so that was you know that was my guy. You know, if you're gonna let me get up and roam around. Let me put my stamp on this game. I'm not going to get you 20, 30 points a night, but, you know, I'm going to get you 15, 20 rebounds and win. Yeah. But with LB, he understood that, and he allowed me to, you know, to pr pretty much just play my game. Yeah. And with the trade, when we figured out she was coming, <laughs> the first thing I said was, what's that E-40 song? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not them E40s. Yeah. I said, I said, hey, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and break this ice right now. Let you know. Let's see what type of you know what type of dude we got coming in. You know, because we was a team we already had established that we can talk about anything. You know, um, you know whether it was whether it was personal, you know whether it was business, whether it was fit, whether it was family. We was always there for each other, and you know that's the type of you know that's what I wanted him to know coming in. Like you know. Hey, we're gonna go out on this floor. We're gonna put this work in, but you know, we we're not gonna be sitting in here all serious and you know, me mugging each other. We're gonna be relaxed in the locker room, but we're gonna be right. ready to play when we hit that floor. Oh, well, first and foremost, man, shout out to my man Forty Water. Y'all talking that shit. Y'all don't know. Me and me and Forty been buried that shit years ago. So shout out to my man Earl. You know what I mean? Definitely. For but sure. But you know, when y'all got sheet, I knew y'all got a real one. I, you know, I looked at your team, and I said that's the perfect fit for Rashid. You know, from from management, I love the way management. You know, like Joe Dumars and the rest of the guys did a great job of protecting him and you know changing his narrative. So let's talk about that run, that first year with Rashid, and then that championship run. Man, that first that first year, you know, uh, before she got there, you know, we was we was finding our way, you know, um, as a team. Because um, you know, like I said, Larry Brown's system was a little bit, little bit different than um, Rick Carlisle's system. So mm -hmm. we were sort of, you know, trying to find our way, you know. And of course, Larry Brown is different than any other coach uh, that I ever played for. And God <laughs> knows, I played for a lot of coaches. <laughs> <laughs> so when she got there, man, it was, you know, it was a breath of fresh air. You know what I mean? Because. I knew what Chomsky can do. I knew what Rip can do. I knew what Tayshawn can do. You know, I knew everybody on that team was going to bring. Yeah. So it was a matter of filling Seed out and see what he was going to bring to the team. You know, is he going to be that low post score? You know, is he going to be, you know, a rebound, a shot blocker, you know, a defender? You know, he came in and he was all of that. 
So it, it really, it really took our game to a different level to have five guys out on the floor that was defensive minded and and, and just went after it. You know, um, I, I, I joke around about I made a deal with Rip that if you know he give me some energy on the defensive end, worry <laughs> about me taking any of the shots. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you give me effort on the defensive end, you can have all my shots on the offensive end. <laughs> Bet I know he said bet because you know he loved to shoot that ball. He shoot it, so that was that was an easy bet right there. <laughs> but yeah, she took us over the top, man. He um he provided a present for us that um that that we was missing as far as being in the on the on the post and you know that scoring threat and the starting lineup on the post. You know he brought that into the lineup, and um you know of course you know. We welcome this attitude, and the city welcome this attitude. You know, <laughs> you know his attitude was built for Detroit. You know, okay. so you know the, the city welcomed him in, and and everything after that was just smooth selling. And, and we went on a run that was, you know, that that Jeff that definitely was a part of history as far as Detroit basketball goes. Yeah, and that 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 run was was phenomenal. You know, I, I'm definitely. And I, I definitely feel what you said when, you know, filling guys out um, our first few games, it was, you know, I wasn't trying to take all the shots or whatever. I just wanted to be part of the offense and the flow. So it was definitely fun. So here it is. We win a title along the way. We make some great rivals. So one of our biggest rivals was of course the Indiana Pacers. So you yeah. know, here it is. Uh, we're we're playing them, and at the palace, and it's a hard fought game. And what a lot of people don't know about that game is they were actually up. I think they was up like nine or eleven, something like that. But they was actually up. It was up fifteen. So, they was up like fifteen. Oh, they, they, yeah, there it goes. Bring your ass up. You know. So we, <laughs> <laughs> they can have a regular season. So here it is towards the end of the game and we like all right we 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 have a code in the league you know when when y'all got the game the game is won there's no chance of coming back okay no dumbass fouls you know what i'm saying so, so. here it is <laughs> out of out of nowhere you going up for a shot and at, at the time his name was Ron Artest y'all so it's Meta World Peace I'm respecting his name Meta World Peace he pushes you in your back I mean he fouls you hard boom and all I seen was the afro go like this, Bonds. Like, Shut the hell up. Man, turned around. Hey, hey, I swear to goodness on everything, man. He pushed the soul out of Ron right there, man. He pushed that man so hard. And Ron was like, all right. And laid down on the on the scores table. And here come a drink. And boom. That's when the malice at the palace start off. Tell the people out there that's watching and listening your version of what happened that evening. Oh, you want me to tell people the truth? Tell the people please. want the song. <laughs> you the people want the song. I mean, you know, like you said, man, it had become a had became a um, a heated rival with us and the and the Pacers, whatever. You know, even before you, I think even before you got there. Okay. When Isaiah was coaching in Indiana, that's when it really got started. Makes sense. You know, because. You know, Isaiah wanted to take that bad boy attitude to Indiana. And, you know, we was playing, we was having a we was having a decent game. 
and and um and they sent somebody in the game to file Corliss because Corliss had a game going. Uh-huh. So Corliss and a couple of guys got into it and you know I stepped in the middle and I grabbed Corliss and and one of them guys sucker punched me. I ain't gonna say no name, but we know who it was. <laughs> sucker punched me. So so that's how that's how the rival got started. The rival the rival was started two years before you got there. Ooh, okay, so, man, you ain't tell me you got snuff. Yeah, man, I got snuff on live TV, man. My people. <laughs> <laughs> so, so after that, it was already understood that you know it was uh there was gonna be some tense moments, and and you know they had won the game. Yeah, the game was out of reach. You know, of, of course, you know we're gonna keep playing to the end of the game, but you know, like you said, when the game's out of reach like that. The only thing you say is no dumb fouls. Yeah. And, you know, once I drove to the basket and, and he hit me in the back, you know, that's the first thing I said. That's the first thing I thought, like, like, come on, man. Game is out of reach. You know, you are 15. We have no chance of winning. You know, now it's just a, a one of those fouls that you send in a message. You know what I'm saying? So I wasn't going to be the whooping boy no more. I got sucker punched one time out and, you know, I wasn't going to be the whooping boy. So, when I turned around and pushed him, you know, I thought that, you know, we were just going to go ahead and just finish that right there. You know, he went laid down. The beer came out the stands. And after that, man, that thing just took on a life completely on his own. Yeah. And, you know, it turned out to be a, the biggest brawl in NBA history. But it still was tough. That. <laughs> You pushed the soul out that man. Yeah. Love, I was like, yeah. I'm thank God it was just a push and not no punch. No, no, but, like, but see, it was the push and then the skip forward. Like I'm about to, you know, skip forward, and Ron was like, and I love Ron to death, but Ron really, you know, and, and for, for once, I think everybody in the world thought the Ron that we thought he was was gonna go right back at you and meet force with force. And we can't believe that it was, it was for us and no for I, I, you know, around my man, I know he one of the toughest men alive. But at that moment, no I thought it was gonna be, you know, force with force. But, but hey, let's talk about it now. Malice in the Palace it came out yesterday. Netflix, everybody's talking about it. It's hot. But you know what I really respect about it? It shows the other perspective. You know, the other perspective to let people kind of see the other side. And I know we all, you know, we get in fights and things happen, but. The way the guys got portrayed and, all, you know, the way they got murdered, how much money they lost. Do you think that the Netflix did a just job on the, um, on, on the um, doc? Excuse me. Well, I haven't, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, you haven't? I still haven't seen it yet. So What? Right. I don't think she watched it yet either. <laughs> well, why, you know, it was, why not? No, it was, I mean, it's just so, it, it's so vivid and it was so live. And it was played so many times, so I don't really know, you know, what else can we really get out of it other than, you know, having guys, you know, um, give their opinions of other stories on, on how they think it went, it went down. But I haven't watched this yet, man. It's just, you know, shit, I'm just, I'm wishing this, they move on past this, man. <laughs> it's funny. That's kind of what Jack and those guys said. But you but, you know, this, but when I watched it, my take from it, because I was interested, you know, I was a spectator myself. And when I took from it, it got the other side, the perspective from, you know, basically all the Indiana Pacers side. You know, you hear, you hear from 
only their people. And I never really got a chance to hear anything from the, the Pistons side, you know, you know, organization and things. It was just saying really one sided, but it just kind of went deep in on, you know, just the guys kind of just the people who did it, why, you know, the things they was doing to them. So it, it, it was just a great doc and guys got to really tell their story. And I thought it was just, I thought it was, it, it was really done well. And I feel like, you know, Rashid, like we talked about it off the air, it's time to do a jailblazers doc because, you know, it's, it's two sides of every story, man. I think that was a way for a lot of people to heal what you guys did. Yeah, I, I think so. You know, um, and, and I think it also shows that, that you know, even though we we're athletes and we go out there and we compete against each other, you know, things get heated, things might get a little out of control. But at the end of the day, it shows that we still human. We're not animals out here, you know, yeah. trying to, you know, uh, take each other out the game, and 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 we're not, and we're mad enough to once we walk off the court and you know the cameras go off, we're mad enough to you know sit down and have a conversation and figure things out. Yeah, definitely. That's what it's all about. Because at the end of the day, it's still a brotherhood with us all. You know, it's only been about what I think like 42, 4,300 players overall in the NBA in history. So we're part of a unique group. We all just gotta, you know, stick together. But yeah, that 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 night was something else, though, Bob. But you but, but you know, another thing, she what they said was was interesting. <laughs> Ron said something on the doc that's interesting in today's world is that do y'all remember when Ron said he needed a break from the team? Do y'all remember that time? Mm -hmm. people didn't understand like you know it's almost similar to the Simone Biles thing you know what I'm saying where she needed a break because it was a mental break you know people wasn't really talking about mental health we call Ron the craziest motherfucker in the world forever we always said Ron was crazy he right. crazy he crazy but crazy he is didn't understand. we didn't understand mental health and Ron was going through some stuff reaching out for help and we didn't help him and you know when they said he needed a break they they, they, they dogged him, they killed him, they murdered him. All he was doing was asking for help. So, you know, I'm just glad that everything's got out, man. We talk about the mental health piece, man. And like I said, it's been a lot of healing going on. And after watching, I've watched the doc twice since, you know, yesterday, just to kind of just like, man, I'm just so proud of everybody. So, man, that, that's awesome. Awesome piece, like I said. So let me fast forward a little bit more here, Ben. <laughs> so now, today's world. What can can you tell everybody what is if, if I'm saying it right, Wallace Motorsports or Wallace Racing? Oh yeah, Wallace Motorsports. Yes, sir. <laughs> can you tell everybody what that is, please? Oh, Wallace Motorsport, man. I'm um I'm a professional RC racer. Professional RC racer. When I say professional, bro, <laughs> brother's professional. Let's talk about how you got into it and what you how did that start, please. Oh man, I always always been big in gadgets. You know, um always oh, yeah. had it as a kid growing up, always had, you know, remote control cars and, and you know, radios and stuff. And I always just take them apart and, you know, fix on them, try to soup them up, try to make them faster, figure out why they ain't working. And um and uh, a couple of years a couple of years into my uh NBA career, you know, I found out about these RC cars that actually run by you know gas powered and i went and checked them out my wife bought me one for my birthday and you know after that i was hooked so so yeah we travel all over the country man we, we go florida california nebraska ohio they got tracks in venezuela japan china china so so this uh, rv is, is doing like baskets taking you all over the world then yeah, it's a worldwide. It's a worldwide. They say hobby, but it's a worldwide sports. You know, cars going anywhere from you know seventy five to eighty five miles an hour. Really? Know? Yeah. 
Oh, how, how many cars you got in your artillery? You know me, I, you know, I, I, I import and, and, you know, and I sell them. So I got as many okay. as you need. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, went, I went over his crib one day, Bonds, and, you know, we in the garage and stuff and you got a little work area. All you see is little ass mini parts, tires, screwdrivers, um, uh, power screwdrivers, and regular screwdrivers. You got the yeah. bright lights and everything, like his whole workstation right there. And I was like, yo, and I didn't know at the time. Yeah. I was like, yo, what the hell is that? He was like, yo, he's like, that's that's my thing right there. He's like, boy, them RCs. I'm like, man, I'm used to the the little Tyco, the little uh Nerf RCs, you know, that you get from Toys R Us and everything. And so he's like, that's crazy I, well, well i know you and she got along fine because he was always the gadget person he was always the guy that had all the new trinkets knew what the latest stuff that was coming out <laughs> she told me about ipods and ipads and iphones before they came out she was the first person i seen build a maybach before they came out so she she's been up on so many different things i mean everything so i, I know y'all got along so but but before we get out of here, I want to ask you one question. And first of all, congratulations on the on the Hoff, the Hoff nod, and and to, to you and your family. But how did it feel, first of all, when you got the call? And let's talk about where it's taken you to since then. Oh man, when I first got the call, you know, it was it was it was an exciting feeling. But um it was it was different because you know, I just had um got a, got inducted into the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Oh, okay. Right. And, um, you know, that was, you know, that was that was one that I was I was definitely there to represent my family. You know, my mom and yeah. my, her family being from Alabama, you know, where it all got started. Yeah. So, you know, I was I was riding that high off that one. And then I got the call and say that I was going to the Nate the Nate Smith basketball hall of fame. So so I really know how to feel, you know, you know, it was it was definitely exciting. You know, I was definitely happy, and you know, it just took me back and made me reflect back on my journey, man. Like, yeah. like, um, like, like that—that that was that was crazy from where I started to finally end up into the um, Nate Smith Basketball Hall of Fame. You know, from where I started, any number of things could have got could have went wrong, and I would I would not I would not end up playing the NBA. Period. Yeah. So so many things had to go right you know so many things had to work out in my favor for me to take that journey and, and end up in the, at a, a nba hall of famer man it was you know it was crazy so it's just something that i was very thankful you know to to have happened to me not only getting inducted into the hall of fame but just to be able to reflect back on this journey man and say that you know it, it was it was tough it was exciting and you had to be in love with the struggle to get here. So, yeah. you know, that's what we always talk about, you know, not necessarily living in the moment, in the moment, but creating your own moment. And um, I thought I did a great job of using my talent the best way I possibly could to create my own moment so I can live in my own moment. And now I go down in history as, you know, one of the best players that ever done it. So, yeah. you know, it just goes to show, man, that hard work, it does play off. Beauty in the struggle, ugliness in its success. Paragraph J. Cole. Man, for sure. Again, congratulations, my brother, on that jacket. You in there for all of us. Yes, for all of us. You know what I'm saying? For me, for Billups, for D Ham, for Big Easy. 
You know what I'm saying? LB, everybody, you in there for all of us, bro. Everybody in your hometown, and I, and I love you and appreciate you for that, man. And want to thank you for stopping by and sharing a couple of minutes with me and my cohort here. Yes, sir. Right. Appreciate you guys, man. Much yeah. love, man. Keep doing what y'all doing. Y'all doing a great job, man. Thanks so much, brother. Blessings to you, big homie. All right, same you guys. Love, love you, man. Much love, Doc.